Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny. It is a Wednesday before Christmas. Hope you're all having going to have nice holidays. Um, on the air this morning, I have Supervisor Glenn McGordy. Glenn, are you there? Speak up. I am. Can you hear me? Oh, we're good. We got the good sound. And then I have Ann Mulgard. Ann Mulgard uh, is... She has a day job with the county, which is working with uh, public health and uh, human services, isn't it, Anne? I think the day job? Mm-hmm. Okay. Public health right now, yeah. Yeah, she's in the helping transition all of those departments. But her sideline of late has been the project manager for the strategic planning process that's going on in the county. And I know it's a nuts and bolts thing. I know not a lot of people get interested in it. But I find it fascinating because... You know, you need a roadmap. That's kind of what I've always said. If, I don't care what organization you're in. I don't care if it's a family. You're going to go, you're going to be better able to achieve your goals if you have a roadmap or if you at least have an idea of where the heck you're going. Okay. So that's what this is all about. So, um, I wanted to, I'm not sure who started the whole process of it, but Mendocino County has never had a strategic plan for as far as I know. And I think Glenn had said that's true. So one of you, either Glenn or Anne, jump in and say, how did this concept of getting or even suggesting a strategic plan, how did it start? And we can go from there. So so it was one of the things that I actually talked about uh, when I was running for office, saying that it was amazing that we did not have a strategic plan. And the very first conversation I had after being elected where I sat down with Carmel Angelo and started talking about what I wanted to do as a supervisor, I said, we need a strategic plan. And uh, she said, oh, great, uh, because there's other supervisors that are interested in that. Past boards had discussed it but decided not to do it. Uh, but uh, with the you know, fresh, young, naive board members, we jumped right in. So uh, it was voted, uh, I think, uh, four to one to engage in a, in a plan. And uh, John Haschak is also a very big supporter, and he's on the ad hoc with me to to manage the plan. And uh, we uh, discussed it, and, and we, we hired uh, B.J. Bishop and Gary Hockman, who are two strategic planners from uh, Sonoma County, and uh, they, they've worked on the Napa County strategic plan and the Sonoma County strategic plan both uh, have slightly different focuses, but uh, the Napa County one being a little bit more community-oriented and, and the, and the uh, Sonoma County plan is a little bit more like ours, where it's it's about the organization and the community. And uh, here we are. So uh, what you said was right on about how you need a roadmap, and, and that's very wise. <laughs> and also, when you, when you have limited resources, knowing how to allocate resources is, is really useful. Uh, so... When when you have priorities, if you go, well, I don't really quite have enough money to, to do everything I want to do, but what are the most important things to do? What have we decided is something that we should focus on? That's another reason why you have a strategic plan. So that's why it helps guide you through the budgeting process, and it's a very essential document for that because every year you have to make decisions, and every year we never have enough money. But then we also have the opportunity for grant uh, writing, and, and uh, that's the way that you expand your budget which increasingly uh, in the United States and California in particular is how we find money to do things. So, for instance, our drought response this year for uh, helping the town of Mendocino get water is a good example of how we very nimbly in the space of 10 weeks identified a problem and had trucks rolling on the, on the ground. And, and uh, you know, I'm very proud of that effort because it, it really helped bridge a gap for an emergency. So, so Glenn, uh, 
So, Glenn, just uh, just wanted to follow up quickly. When you said um, going for grants, fundings, and all of that, what popped into my mind is if we have a strategic plan and you can refer to that, does that mm-hmm. does that make us look good and impress somebody for within uh, the agencies that we're going for money? Does that help so. us at yeah. all? I mean, does it help? Yeah, us? It help. It, it definitely does. So, okay. the the other tremendous community effort we've already done is move 2030 which was uh, more for the county which was an economic development strategic uh, plan which will kind of somewhat mesh with with this one uh but i i'm sorry i'm over talking Anne a little bit i want her to give a chance to talk about the process and about uh strategic planning because we're we're veterans from ukiah unified school district where we worked on a strategic plan in much the same circumstances of uh, a fairly large organization that never had a strategic plan. So, okay. um, and, well, if it's okay, uh, yeah, and and can go forward. But let me let me just say what the I want to let everybody know what this task force involves. I'm going to get the basics down, then we'll let Ann Ann come in on that. So, this is a task force that was put together by I'm not sure who, but Ann will clarify that. And the task force consists of a person from Behavioral Health and Recovery Services, Human Resources, a person from Agriculture, Probation the planning and building department, social services, and then first district supervisor, uh, Glenn McGordy is an ex officio member. And so is John hashtag. So that's the group that's kind of driving this process and go for it. And Mulgard. Right. So that's exactly what happened. The board said, uh, let's do a strategic plan. Carmel Angelo CEO said, and can you help organize this just to make sure that it's moving along and so we met with the CEO and the ad hoc committee of supervisors, McGordy and Haschek. And then that's when we said, okay, so let's get some consultants. So we did our process for consultants. And then the consultants said that in their experience, they had worked best when they had a, a team. And so they had suggested a team of about four, I think, but we, we made it six just because we had to, we had to include a few more people. So as you said, you just listed the different people and, and these people are both younger, older, experienced in the county, newer in the county, and we just looked for a great cross-section of people who care about planning and who are willing to read, you know, tons and tons of documents and things like that in their in their spare time. In their spare time. All right. right. So, so far, this all started in, I think the concept started in June. You put the committee together and all of that by July. So you've kind of been going since July. So since then, the task force has met twice a month, correct? Mm-hmm. You've had an employee survey of the employees as a voluntary. You've had five community focus groups, including towns and cities, community-based organizations, businesses, public and safety, and healthcare aspects. So those are the town halls. Now, uh, for full disclosure, I actually participated in the community-based organizations um, focus group because I have been working, as most people know who listen, on senior housing, senior independent housing in Anderson Valley for, oh my God, more years than I want to talk about since 06. So I was hoping that I could have some input that might help small organizations like myself or my group working on it. So I did go through that small focus group. So I have an insight as to what's going on here. So and that's where we're at now with this. Um, 
What I'd like to do is, the reason I'm doing this show is because I think it's important that the county have a roadmap. I'm really glad that these that the, you've stepped up to do it, and Glenn's been pushing it. I know you worked together in the past. But the the I want to talk about the topics that are involved and the, the, the information you're trying to get, because what's happening, listeners, is in January, there are going to be three um, focused town halls. Now, we can't get together because of COVID, but we're going to do it the best we can by Zoom. And you're inviting the public to come and join those that are interested. So I want to... Get you involved, let you know what's going on, and get the and get you as much information so you can participate and be effective because that's what we need is suggestions. So, Anne, take it from there. Oh my goodness, so much. Well, for the last thing first, the town halls that are occurring, um, and there's a limit of I, I think a thousand people can be on Zoom, so we're not going to have a problem letting you in Woo! if you want to join. Um, those are on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, January fourth, fifth, and sixth at 5 p.m. The easiest place to to get those links is on the county website, which is mendocinocounty.org. And the shortcut for the strategic plan and this kind of information is mendocinocounty.org slash strategic plan. Good. And we'll give that out more, folks. And we'll talk and we'll remind you about the dates and all of that. So, Let's talk about the structure. I mean, what kind of information are you as a committee looking for? I know you've got it really delineated out. You did a nice report to the Board of Supervisors last week. It was 24 pages, really well done. But there are some specific topics that you're, we're all looking for information for. Can you talk about those, Ann? Sure. So th- so basically what's happened is is because of all the different meetings that you had spoken of, in addition to the three presentations to the Board of Supervisors to keep them involved during the process as it's happening so they're not surprised in January. Um, And also there's a department head meeting that occurs every two weeks that Carmel Angelo um, leads. And so we've been talking on that as well. Um, There's four pillars for, for, you know, we always um, end up in long uh, kind of silly arguments about what's a goal, what's an objective, blah, 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 blah. So the facilitators skip that argument and say, we have four pillars. And the pillars that they have um, they have come up with based on the information is, is, one, is an effective county government organization. Well, I'll just go through them all. Two, a safe and healthy county. Three, a thriving economy. And four, a prepared and resilient county. And what you'll notice is the first one, an effective county government organization, is not discussed that much with the public or with our partner organizations because they're while they're welcome to weigh in on it, they probably don't have that much to say about it because that's more the internal how do we do business no matter what our priorities turn out to be, we want to be the best mid-sized county government we can be. And how do we do that? And so that's that's a much more internally focused issue. And so the town halls are about numbers two, three, four, saving out the community, thriving economy, prepared and resilient county. Okay, so that's where you want people to be thinking about ideas in their communities that are important to them. Um, you did, I mean, the internal survey that you did, um, I 
said to Glenn, oh, it, the report said it was 36% of the employees had a return. I thought that was low. And then you corrected me, Glenn. You said that's rather high. Yeah, for, for survey results, if we get about 10%, we're feeling pretty good about it. So to get 36% shows a, a lot of engagement. Uh, so because this is not a required survey, this is optional. So for people, 36% of our organization to, to pick up the survey or, or basically click to the link, that's a pretty good response. So uh, we feel good about that. Um, I, I know that people who work for Mendocino County uh, care a lot about where they work and they want to have a good organization and we do too i mean the theme behind the strategic plan that i've used and uh, as i think about it is i want mendocino county to be a good place to work you know i i worked for 33 years for the university of california attached to mendocino county so i was part of the organization but i wasn't an employee and we had a very, very good office, and people liked working there. And our tenure in our office was long, so so I was typical. I think average stay for a UC Farm Advisor was 33 years, and that's how long I stayed was 33 years. So we're like in our fourth generation of, of Farm Advisors that are, are now uh, uh, coming into the workforce. And our county employees stayed a long time, too. We averaged about 12 to 14 years for county employees. So... That's what I want. I want people to feel like going to work is a good thing to do because uh, it's fun and we're productive and we're listened to and cared cared about. And uh, that's my goal. And that's not the case in all departments. So we have our work cut out for us. Well, one of the things I noticed when I looked over the report from last week, which Anne has told me will be up at this uh, strategic plan site um, by this afternoon. I had to dig through the minutes to get to it, which was or the agenda, which was fine because I know how to do that. Um, but that'll be on the direct link that she gave out and will give out again. Um, one of the things I saw that in the questions that were or the surveys for the county employees um they have an insight for the county. They live in the counties. They work here. They're very active in the county. So a, a lot of the um, comments that came back in the survey were about the quality of life in the county. And a lot of them, I think, ring true for just me as a community member. Also, uh, they're talking about helping people stay safe in their county under health and safety of the county. They're talking about implementing practices that support sustainable environment and responsible stewardship of national of national resources. Um, so I, I took a lot of the highlights out of those. And that's that's what I was seeing is that they um, they have a lot more concerns like um, they some of their concerns was that they need more funding, more staffing for in public health. Um, they're concerned about water use and cannabis. Some even suggested that, you know, you should stop permitting, doing permitting because of lack of water and concerns. So I saw a lot of community issues coming in that we should be thinking about. And what are you, how are you feeling about that and what you're hearing? That's exactly right. Uh, sometimes when you start thinking about it, um, you get into the weeds, and we're not into the weeds yet. We want to get into the weeds at the end of January after the pillars have been fully flushed out. And by that, I mean, in order to have a, a great strategic plan, it has to be one that we refer to literally every day. 
so I've been in organizations, for example, where I have the pillars up on the wall right above my desk. So every time somebody's asking me for something that I have an inkling is really outside of the scope of what we can either have the expertise or can afford, I'm just looking right at that list. I remember the grand jury came to, to visit me one time and I just pointed to the list. It's like, do you want your strategic plan? Yeah, right there. Because the community wants government to be able to solve so many problems that if we lived in a different community or a different type of government, maybe we would. But that's not where we live. We live in Mendocino County in California, in the United States, in 20, almost 22. So there are a limit to resources. And that's what Glenn was saying before. That's why we have to be so focused about what we're doing so that we do it well and we can attract high-quality employees, high-quality funding, high-quality new residents. And so what we're going to be doing, and I'm not sure this is at all responsive to your question, Karen, sorry, is I just want to make sure people know that after the four pillars are fully fleshed out, what we're going to be doing is setting up goals, objectives, tasks with due dates, and how um, who's responsible for that. And then our board meetings are going to be completely linked and our 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 performance evaluations are going to be linked. So, for example, I'm in public health. You said people are saying uh, we need more public health staff. Well, I can certainly attest to that because when I got here July 1, um, we had a 40% vacancy rate. So we've moved that to a 30% vacancy rate. But can you imagine going into a pandemic with a 40% vacancy rate? That should not have happened. Got it. We have so much cooperation among all the different county departments that we were able to address things, but it would have been a lot easier on those other departments if we had had a fully staffed public health. So I want to be held accountable if that turns out to be something that the board says, yes, that's important. We want public health functioning at at a level that is benchmark with other semi-rural counties in 2022 California. And one of that would be to be fully staffed. Okay, so when do I, as as the director here right now, when do I need to get to a 5% vacancy rate? All right, June 2022. So then if I don't do that, I need to be held accountable in my performance evaluation, in front of the board, whatever it might be. That's how all of these things get linked. Yeah, they are very linked, and I hope that some of this also goes back to the leadership accountability, because I know that popped up in some of the themes, too, that, um, yeah, we come in, we're going to do something or other, and then it kind of fades off into the twilight, and you never know if it actually happened, if it ever got done, a lack of follow-up. I think that's uh, what I've seen a lot of and a lot of complaints. Let me just take a moment to reintroduce. I'm Karen Audubonny. This is TKO. Today we're talking about the tr- strategic planning that's going on in the county, how you can get involved, maybe um, how you should prepare yourself if you're going to get involved so you know what the focus is. My guests are Ann Mulgard, who is the project manager and uh, district supervisor, um, First District Supervisor, correct, uh, Glenn McGordy. Um, so when we're talking about the strategic plan, 
your, I mean, one of the complaints I've heard, I mean, Ted Williams has been very vocal that he wants it where the rubber hits the road. He wants to know how much all these are going to cost and how much nickels and dimes we're putting out on this because we don't have a lot of money. I mean, a lot of these are a pathway to where we're going, but we don't know necessarily how we're going to get there, correct? These are just objectives where we see us going as a county. It may take three years, two years. It may take five years. Correct, Ann? Is that right? Yeah, of course. I mean, some things you can knock off your to-do list immediately, and others you have to make a plan to say, okay, this is going to be a a one-year plan with different implementation steps. The other thing is that I, I, I guess I just want to stress that a strategic plan is a, is a live document. Um, just because we say what we think is going to happen, the world changes very quickly. So we might have a plan, um, and it might change. So, for example, who would have known 10 years ago that we had to pay this much attention to fire and to water? We would not have known that 10 years ago. Well, actually, climate scientists would have known that, but but the rest of us took quite a while to, to, to come around. So it is a live document. But once we have our priorities, um, the, the other thing I want to point out, too, is when you have staff and the community coming to the board saying what our priorities are, in, a, in great part, it is then the board's decision to assign funding and budgets to reflect the priorities that they agree with. They are our electeds and ultimately their number one job in addition to hiring a CEO, CAO is to pass the budget. So we can certainly give estimates as to certain, you know, what what some things may cost to implement, but it's the board every June and then on an ongoing basis to decide, okay, here's our four pillars. Here's the 20 subsets. What are we going to invest in each one? And that's really the board's call. We can just provide um, budget estimates, so to speak. Well, one of the things that this brought up to me, this whole strategic planning, and I wanted to say is um, I step back and I'm looking at the the process of the strategic plan. Some of the comments that are coming out, which I'll throw out here in a minute, but would we have had to spend, was it six or eight months, going back and forth, back and forth about the PG&E money if we'd had a strategic plan in place, which actually dealt with some of these things? So... um, that's what I keep thinking is, wow, would we have had to spend so much time doing that with all the input and all that if the strategic plan had been in place already? Glenn, want to go for that? Well, we did actually have a Redwood uh, complex fire recovery plan in place, and that's what I used as I was trying to allocate PG&E money. But uh, the process was a little strange the way that it was rolled out. And as a new board member, I wasn't sophisticated enough to jump out in front and say, wait a second, you, you've got a plan. Let's follow it. And uh, I, now I know that. So, you know, in my first first year of kind of learning on the job, uh, I've, I've kind of taken the attitude of go big or go home. And either you're going to make changes or you're not. And I'm not afraid anymore. And uh, I think that that's something that just takes a little bit of time of having comfort. But you're right. If we had a strategic plan and, and we were able to see what are priorities for us in terms of what we think we need for safety, uh, and and we, we do kind of know that, and we did kind of spend some of the PG&E money on it. We know that fire departments and ambulances are important. We did spend money on that, and that's why we have strategic plans. 
the other thing I wanted to say is that it's not all about money either. So, yeah, you can look at it and go, oh, God, you'll never be able to afford that. But you can change attitudes and you can you can learn to prioritize things that are important to you. And we don't want to fall into what I call the, the cynic's choice where you know the cost of everything and the value of nothing. And and how you spend your money is, is really, really important and reflects your own values and reflects the values of the community. And, and that's what strategic plans help you do because it helps you articulate what is important to us. What, what do we care about? What are the things that we, we really feel we have to do? And this gives us a framework to uh, be able to do that. Okay, so I wanted to throw out some of the topics that came up. I think I, unless we need some more of the basics of what's going on, and um, because I've got a whole list here, it says uh, the focus group themes, the general trends. Um, one of the ones was um, key. Water was key. Water came up as key. I mean, again, as you said, Anne, we wouldn't have thought of fire years ago, and now who would have thought we'd have to be shipping water to Fort Bragg? That was not in any of our playbooks, I don't think. Um, housing stock and homelessness, the vulnerable populations, uh, the, the water, housing and homelessness is a big, big issue for everybody. Um, and then the, around all of that is the waiving of fees for incentives, maybe for housing, needing to look at the general plan for zoning, the, the big issue of uh, connectivity for Wi-Fi. So there's a lot of issues that come up with on these different uh, tiers, as you call them, Anne. So when, if you, we're going to have these town hall meetings. Again, we're going to talk about that. There's three town hall meetings coming up in um, January. Each one of them has a different focus. How, how would you suggest that a listener that really may have some good ideas or want to get involved, what's the best way for them to feed into the project and get you their ideas? Uh, do the background work, I would hope, so you're just not, you're in the right, you know, frame of mind when you're dealing with it. But is it to do this, the Zoom? Is there other ways to get involved? They can do the Zoom or they can get a hold of you email-wise? I mean, what do you want from the communities? Sure, sure. I would suggest, um, as you said, going to read the board agenda summary that was um presented two weeks ago just so that they know the work that's been done so far and we'll put that on the mendocinocounty.org slash strategic plan um, page and then you can either join us on the zoom or send us an email on the strategic plan webpage. there is um, an email that you can just click on and it automatically goes to us um, you can also, my phone number is there, 472-2770. You can also call me. I've had people who say, I'm out of town. I can't, get, I don't, I'm not online. And I'm like, I got a pen and paper, just talk. And so that's certainly happened too. Um, so we'll take it at the town hall. We'll take emails and um, and we'll take, you know, regular participation at, at uh, on the Zoom as well. Okay, so it, the other thing is, is if you go to the Zoom and you're watching the Zoom and then you get these great ideas after the fact, so one of these other avenues would be a good way to get your information after the fact, too, once you see what everybody else is putting in and all of that. So the the first, let's talk about the first one, January 4th, and these are from 5 to 6.15 each evening, is the a safe and healthy community. That would be dealing with topics, um, I'm God, that's so broad. I mean, that's a big, that's a, that's a really big, broad one. The, 
Yeah, that's a big broad one. And then the the next one on Wednesday, January 5th, again from 5 to 6.15, is a thriving community. Um, or a thriving economy, excuse me. So one of the... Um, one of the topics that came up in the surveys or been uh, suggested about that would be um, increasing the housing stock so that we can get people to have a place to live. That's that's part of a thriving community. The broadband is pro- part of a thriving community. Um, and then the other thing that came up is diversification as a priority, moving away from the traditional and tourism and into manufacturing trades and technology. That's a whole concept, you know. So under that's that that's so that's on the uh, that's on January fifth. Now January sixth on thir- Thursday, these are all right in a row, is going to be a prepared and resilient county. And along with that, we go with the, the ones that topics that have come up with that is the fire protection, um, the need to get the roads and all those kind of things. So these are the topics that we're hoping or you're hoping, I'm sure, that you can get community focus on from some creative ideas. How are we doing? Is that sounding good, Ann? Perfect. Okay. Anything I'm missing on these topics? I mean, it's such a broad topic. That's why I'm advising people to get a little bit ahead of the game by looking at some of these documents so you know kind of where the thinking is already gone so we're not getting repetitive and you're maybe getting some more creative ideas of how we stimulate a lot of these um, concepts or what you think is important for your community right now. So one of the... um other things so after so what happens after this after you get these after we do the town halls you've had these focus groups is that it then you step back and collate all this information what happens then yeah we collate all the information and then we present it to the board of supervisors on january 25th now their calendar isn't set yet because they set their calendar for the year at the first meeting january 4th um, but assuming that January 25th is a meeting date, that's the date that we would come back with all of this information organized and collated and have a have another discussion about it and see if they're ready to vote. If they do vote, yes, then then our job next is to basically operationalize the plan, develop work plans, um, follow up on any specific questions and research projects that they've asked us to um, develop a template for department leaders to use to be responsive and accountable um, on all the different areas that relate to their particular area of responsibility. Um, develop a dashboard so that both um, electeds and the public can see, okay, so this is what we said we're going to do. How are we doing on it? And then there would be every six month annual check-ins to where you're at for accountability and all that. I am one who feels like if you're going to do an annual check-in, don't bother. You're better off not doing it at all. Really? Okay. All right. You know, in terms of performance evaluation, that's been proven over and over again that employees hate the annual performance evaluation process because they don't feel recognized for everything they've been doing because you forgot what they did nine months ago when they saved your behind on some huge project. And then all you remember is the negative thing they did last week. So I, I am anti-performance evaluation, annual, annual 
way to do it, and I'm also anti for this. I would think that every time somebody comes to the board, like let's say the board has requested um, a public health presentation, then I would come and in my first five slides, I would be relating how the public health priorities interface with the county's priorities and then give some some statistics on, okay, here's how we've come so far. Here's where we're going next. Um, any changes or adjustments that the board needs us to make from their perspective. Here's the state laws that are affecting public health that will affect the commitments I made to public health's fulfilling of their aspect of the strategic plan. It's all it's all dynamic because we have state things happening. We have real life, you know, fires and floods happening. There's this pandemic going on that you might have heard about. Um, in addition to whatever we say in the strategic plan, and that's why coming back in a year is it uh, to me it's just silly. Now, of course, I'm not an elected board member. I don't set the board agendas. Let's hear what supervisor. Oh, we're going to go there. So at a okay. at a minimum, you would want at least a six month checkup in if that agency or the involved uh, the, the person or the the project or the agency involved with part of the strategic plan didn't have um, a a statement or didn't have a presentation to the board. So at the minimum, maybe six months. Exactly. I mean, exactly. this is and good. There are other ways to report. We don't yeah, always yeah. have to do a public report. We can also just send in the memo. That's true. And, that's uh, true. and those are always, you know, our board's good about reading their materials. So that's good. Yeah. All right. So now to our supervisor, Glenn McGordy, you as a supervisor, when you, when this, all this documentation comes back and you see these topics, you see the, the, the tiers, as we call them. Um, and then you have under that, like homelessness, you have water issues. How much detail as you as a supervisor are you going to want before you can say, yeah, I support the strategic plan? Because I know there's a difference in opinion on the board, so I'm just sure. asking you. <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I don't expect to have, uh, you know, a, a punch list for everything we need to do in the coming year. I, I think that we will develop that with our within our department. So what this says, these are priorities. These are things we we want to do. These are things we want to accomplish. So as you're putting together your budget this year, uh, what? look at this list and and tell me how you're going to address it in terms of your own priorities what what are the things you need for your department uh versus what's on the list so if if you're in a department that has a lot to do with uh, uh, resiliency for instance then you're going to say we need to staff up in these areas in order to be resilient so we need to find a permanent home for the emergency operations center, we need to permanently staff uh, some people that can respond when we have a disaster, so that we're not having to pull equipment out of the closet and hook it up, and and then you know raid departments for for help. So uh, these are the kinds of things that start to to make sense because then we can say to the executive office, okay, we want you to work with uh, with Brent Blazer uh, and Travis Kilmer and set it up so that we have. Uh, a place, you know, a physical presence where we're stopped and ready to go uh, with all the necessary emergency radio links, including KZYX, so that when there's a disaster, we can get information out quickly to everybody and make sure that it doesn't come in at four o'clock in the morning to the wrong house, <laughs> which has happened before. So so these are the kinds of things that uh, help guide us as we, we make up our budget and plans for the coming year. 
Well, considering that, I mean, you as a supervisor, you've seen this. You, considering that we have very little discretionary income in our budget or that we can actually do what we want with as you as a supervisor, we as a county, most of it's already designated to go for federal state programs. So there's, as I've said in the past, very little money that you actually can say, ah, oh, I want to do this. Um, is that going to make it, I, I, I just, because I understand that one of the things um, Ted Williams is saying is, oh, this is a wasted project because we don't have any money to do anything with. So how, with such little income or such little discretionary money in our budget, how, how do you as a supervisor feel this is going to help you? That's what well, I think I need to know. You know? Sure. There, there's a process called resource allocation, which is if you have a limited amount of money, what's, what's the most important things to spend it on? So, for instance, when you look at your own personal finances, keeping a roof over your head is really, really important. <laughs> you know, so your priorities tend to be let's pay the mortgage or let's pay the rent. Uh, even if I don't have very much money, there's some things I'll, I'll do without. And I, I think that uh, government works sort of the same way. So uh, we, we make sure that we have the, the real basics in place. And then it would really be nice to to repave uh, 15 miles of Bell Springs or Spy Rock Road, but we probably can't do that. We probably don't have the money to do it. And that's where Ted comes in and saying that maybe we're going to have that become gravel roads, and maybe we do. Uh, if you look at places like Vermont and Sweden, they have a lot of gravel roads because they can't afford to keep the paving on those roads uh, with the resources that they have. So. I, I hate to think about things like that, but I can, that's an example of how you allocate resources. So we make sure that we have the, the basic uh, public safety responses for fire, ambulance, uh, the, the sheriff's office. Uh, we make sure that if someone's homeless, that they just don't end up dying from exposure. Uh, so, so these are all the kinds of prior- priorities we have to make. And finance, and we have our strategic plan helps guide us, saying that these are things that we've discussed and we think are important to do. Uh, housing is another thing. Another example is, okay, the county's not going to buy housing for everybody, but maybe we can make it so that our planning department with a, a, a relatively small allocation of money is fully staffed so that when people come in and, and they uh, need permits, they go relatively quickly and they're not waiting months and months to, to uh, get an answer. Same thing with business licenses. Those can take forever. So with a small allocation of resources of maybe two or three more staff people, we, we, uh, uh, and that log jam and we get stuff moving. Uh, so, so these are examples of what you do. And maybe finally we can actually have someone who is a planner who works on the general plan to upgrade it, uh, so that we, we can, you know, decide, okay, we, we need some more housing in, in, in Ukiah, but maybe it shouldn't always be Ukiah. Maybe there's other communities that can absorb some housing too, so that we spread it around. That's true, and I'll just plug because that's part of the things I was saying at this uh, focus group I did was the supervisors have zoning. They deal with zoning through the general plan, correct? And that is somewhere that's, it's, that's not a big expense to look at rezoning certain areas, so there's an incentive to build, correct? So that's one of the things that's, that you do have some flexibility on, I believe. Yeah, so, so this is the thing. is that We're not expecting the county to pay for everything. We're not expecting the county to, to, to go through and, and uh, uh, pick up the tab of, of building new houses, of paving all the roads. But there may be other other places that, that want their roads paved that may consider uh, uh, forming a, a special uh, uh, county assessment area uh, so, so that they can 
have like a homeowners association to to take care of the roads inside of their own subdivision. They may be county dedicated roads, but it, you know it may be twenty years before they get repaved. And if it's really really important to them, they they could consider spending some money of their own. And I, I know that's really sounds harsh, given how much taxes we pay. And I'm I'm in the boat too. You know, I mean, I live on Old River Road, and and uh, I I complain too about all the garbage that's dumped on my property. I'm wondering why isn't the county coming to pick it up? But you know, a few months ago, uh, several of us decided let's just clean it up, and and we we rented a truck, and I took my front end loader tractor out, and we loaded it up and took it to the dump, and end of incident. And you know, rather than getting on the phone and complaining to everybody, we took care of it. And sometimes yep. that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do as a community. All right, folks. Um, So, Anne, let's go back to you, Anne Mulgard. Um, I really would like to, because we're coming up, we got about 15 minutes left. Uh, I really want to go back to these uh, three online Zoom um, meetings you're going to have. This is going to be on YouTube and Facebook, I guess, too. So if I don't want to be involved in the Zoom, I can just be a voyeur. Is that correct? That is true. We encourage voyeurism, apparently. That's what I feel like I'm doing when I go to all these meetings. I I watch the drought meeting or the drought task force meeting. I watch all these meetings online, but I don't participate. So I consider myself a voyeur of of county politics. Um, No, that's great. And and sometimes you're actually doing something else at the same time. So you just kind of have half an ear. But like you said, you think of something else. So please do follow us. Oh, even if you're just a looky-loo. Um, I'm always a looky-loo. I don't yeah. want to hear what you have to say afterward. Okay, so these are going to be live streams. So if you don't want to actually be part of the Zoom, you can follow along and do like I do. Go sit, you know, and yell and scream at the wall and throw things when they're doing stuff. Um, so let's talk about what you as a committee, what you as a project manager, what do you hope to get out of these three meetings? I mean, if I'm a, if I'm just sitting there, if I'm concerned about the, where the county is going, and I maybe have some ideas or I want to get my put input in, what do you want? What do you what do you, what do you really want from people? What do you want from our community? What's going to help move this process along? So, for example, a safe and healthy county yes. is um, on on Tuesday. What we want is people to call in and say, first of all, of the five things that people have identified so far, and this will be on the website, you can see it. Is what is the most important to you and what would you do to make it happen? Are there, for example, are there partnerships between counties and cities or counties and nonprofits that you think um, would result in um, a sum greater than the, you know, whole of the parts? What I never say it right, but you know what I mean. I are there things that we should be leveraging that we're not? So, so giving us ideas about leveraging, um, looking for missed opportunities that that you don't see discussed in the plan at all, um, talking about the importance of your daily life and what do you think is missing from government that would help your quality of life as somebody living in Mendocino County. So trying to bridge that bureaucracy that we live in every day with how it translates to real people, real voters, real residents. And that's kind of what we hope to get out of these Zoom meetings. Okay, and then for a thriving economy, which is on the 5th of January, 
um, ideas about ways to bring in economic businesses, ideas. I mean, one of the things I throw out consistency about thriving economy is we need um, our schools to work towards educating and training, like the JC, training people to get into good-paying jobs. That kind of but, stuff. You know, that, that's a, a really good one, and I and I, uh, Anne and I both serve and continues to serve on Ukiah Unified School District. And I, I said it's great that you want everyone to go to college, but realistically, not everyone's going. How about the kids that aren't going to college? What are you doing for them? And uh, you know, you see so many trades right now having trouble finding skilled people. Uh, uh, working with your hands is still a viable way to make a living wage, and we we don't do enough for that. I served for many many years on. Uh, Mendocino College's tech prep program where we try to come up with sort of a, a hands-on or, or go from college to work sorts of jobs that were very focused and uh, didn't necessarily need a, the depth and breadth of, a, of a, a baccalaureate degree, but still had to have skilled uh, uh, education associated with it. So I, I really believe in those, and that's a really important part. When you think about Silicon Valley, it didn't happen by accident. It, there's this amazing set of universities that are all around San Francisco Bay, and uh, it, it happened because there were smart people that were well-trained that were ready to go to work, and uh, that's that's partially what, what made the uh, the industries that are there possible. So uh, it's the same thing here. It's, it's not all about... Uh, you know, uh, you have to have people locally who can can uh, fit the skill set for for the industries that you want. Okay, yeah, and that, I would think broadband would also go under that thriving economy. Broadband would go there. Anne, you want to say? Oh, definitely. Well, for example, so we don't run the schools, but what can government do to help the schools? Are there are there grant programs we can help with? Can we figure out the arcane complex rules that don't allow us to hire a youth work team over the summer to work with our facilities crew because there are historic you know laws that don't allow that is there any way around that can we do the famous pilot program by working with our um you know state assembly member jim wood or state senator mike mcguire to kind of figure that out those are you know it's not as simple as Yes, government wants to support young people learning trades, but how do we do that? So if anybody has any great ideas on that, we would want to hear them. Um, we're not trying to take over, you know, what the college or what the high school um, tech prep programs do. But if we can be a good, a better partner, we want to hear how we can be a better partner. Good. And, and I'm uh, kind, of, kind of adding on that too, we, we have the Move 2030 strategic plan. If you haven't read that, you should go, go to the website Move 2030, which is about economic development, which really goes into great detail about uh, what the community already thinks we need to do in, in terms of uh, economic development issues. So I, I think with, with our thriving economy strategic plan, it's going to be a little bit focused on on uh, the, how the county fits into uh, making things go forward uh, for economic development. And that, that's where having a, an, an effective uh, planning department is something that's really critical because when people come up with ideas for businesses or, or they want to uh, come up with something that is a land use issue, you want to be able to move fairly quickly through the process and not get stuck in it for years and years. 
Yeah, which I hear is a big issue. So let's go to the let's go to the third one, which is January sixth, the Thursday night. That's going to be a prepared and resilient county. Um, one of the things that I brought up in the session I was in is that I personally think that every county office or every county building that would be all the veterans buildings, all the you know libraries and all of that should have Wi-Fi accessibility for the public so the people that need to get on that don't have that have a place to go. Also, for in emergencies, they need to be there for backup generation, for power and access. So that was my contribution for the for one of those. Um, and what are you kind of looking for there? Oh, I'm just... Writing down literally what you just said. Oh, don't worry. They, they, they already <laughs> wrote. I'm sure it had been noted somewhere. They they already um, wrote it down and included it. I saw. I, I said that. Excellent. So, uh, you yeah, know, no, no. I know IS always struggles with that because they're always making sure that the county firewalls are safe as they're also providing um, public access to Wi-Fi. So it it, yeah. it is complicated. But yeah, so so exactly. Um, you know, Supervisor Williams and the Community Foundation and many others have been working on the Broadband Alliance, and it's coming along, but not nearly as fast as we thought it would. Um, so any other ideas on that would be most, most welcome. Um, everybody knows that we need rural fire protection and emergency medical services. And, you know, it's interesting how... I think a couple things are happening. One is we expect more from government than we ever have before. And the other is volunteerism is down. So we used to have very, very active fire um, volunteer associations in every little nook and cranny of the county. And it's interesting to note that that's not quite as true as it used to be. Is that a question of insurance? Is that a question of being, people just being selfish and hiding out in their own homes and watching Netflix? I kind of doubt that. It's I don't think aging. Human, aging. Human nature. Is it aging? aging. So let's look yeah. at population. Yeah. What is the average population um, age in each community? Is that what it is? Should Should government step in through emergency preparedness and find a really good insurance policy that ensures all volunteers are there training opportunities that we could be doing through emergency services that would help all of the different um more rural uh, volunteer fire departments you know those kinds of ideas and we don't expect everybody to to have those ideas off the top of their head but that's why we're doing focus groups with with small fire departments and things like that well that's a good idea and here's here's one i'm going to throw out and you can write it down or it'll be recorded is that um Elder home. We just got our, we went to, our insurance comes up annually and I technically, I really was not surprised that, uh, the one, the company that usually does our property insurance fire, boom, gone. Okay. I'm hearing it all over the county that, uh, if you live in Mendocino County and you're not in the city of Ukiah or someplace that you are either getting canceled or they're skyrocketing prices. So let me suggest maybe there when you're talking about getting county insurance big policy for all the fire departments is there a way of getting um a, there's a state policy and all that but helping people that have you know not in being able to get property insurance that's another one um 
Another one that pops up for me, and I'm just giving people ideas to think about. You talk about volunteerism. One of the issues I've come up against the county is dealing with the Veterans Hall in Boonville. We wanted to put a generator system in and do all that. We had all the volunteers lined up to do it. We had the money for the generators to do it. And they said, no, you can't because we have to have our employees do it. And it has to be done to our specs, which it's planning in part and it's going to be their specs anyway. But there's not a way for us as community members to to do our own thing because the county has all these requirements there's one to think mm-hmm. about so these are the kind of things i hope you're looking for excellent yes indeed and i don't know how much control the county or the supervisors have over these kind of restrictions but it feels like we could do a lot more in our we used to be able to do a lot more in our communities with volunteers and labor and local stuff than having to step back and have the city and the counties do it Okay, that's my two cents. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, and a, a shout out right now to North Coast Opportunities Volunteer Center. NCO Volunteer Center um, covers volunteers. And so even we as public health use NCO to recruit our volunteers for our vaccine events, our booster events, yeah. our testing events, because they cover the insurance. And, uh, and I know deal. it sounds like I'm obsessed by insurance. But no, but you got to be. It is. is. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because we've turned into a litigious society. All right. We've just got a few minutes left. So, Glenn, any other um, thoughts you'd like to get out to the listeners before we go on? Sure. So so one of the other things that we didn't mention is we do also have a couple of focus groups left to conduct, and that's for the Latinx and the uh, tribal council leaders. We want we really believe in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we want to be sure all voices are heard in the community. So uh, that's going to happen. And I just just thank you, uh, Karen, for for seeing this as something worthy of a of a radio show to discuss because it isn't exciting. It's not sexy to talk about. Let's go plan something. You know, everybody, most people hate planning. We all talk about let's be spontaneous. <laughs> Well, being spontaneous in government doesn't work real well. I got news for you. <laughs> we do a lot better when we're planning. And and we're going to be on a real major year of change uh, with with our CEO leaving. Uh, we're going to be doing some restructuring in county government. So the more planning we do, the better off we're going to be. I mean, that's all that I can see. And and I, I know just personally looking at projects around my house, if I don't plan, stuff doesn't happen. And I, I think county government is just that uh, on steroids times a thousand. You know, Great. it's just you have to figure out what's important to you and how do you put the resources in to make things uh, happen and check it off your list and feel good that you accomplish something. Yeah, and we will be talking about the restructuring of the county seats and the CEO, CEA, combination of assessor and tax collector. I'm going to be all over that in the new year, folks. All right, and Molgard, let's wrap this up. We've all got right. the dates. Well, um, give, out the, give out that website again real quick, please. You betcha, mendocinocounty.org slash strategic plan. And right now it has uh, the timeline on it, and by 1030 it will have the most recent report on it. Um, Thank you. From, uh, from the last board meeting. Okay. And um, that phone number people want to call just to give it out? 472-2770. Okay. And it always takes messages, and uh, and so it's, it's very easy. And the email is uh, GOVT, short for government, gov- GOVT strategic plan at 
mendocinocounty.org. All right. Well, thank you both for coming on. Great holidays to everybody. I'm going to be out of here. Uh, don't forget, you can stream it on uh, Jukebox. You can go to your favorite uh, podcast platform, and we're all over the net. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be out of here. I will be back after the first of the year. Oh, my God. 22. Can't believe it. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. And um, stay warm. Thanks, Anne. Thank you, Glenn. I'll be talking to both of you in the new year. Have a Thank great... You, you bet. Have a great holiday. Okay, you too. You too. Bye-bye. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.